Welcome in. It is a Thursday edition. I am here in the Brown O'Haver Studios. Parker on the road in Albuquerque. And uh, we've got a lot of things going on, man. National championship possibility. I think it's going to happen tonight. The Sooners basically uh, took Texas's soul last night in game one of the Women's College World Series, winning 16-1. to Game 2 tonight, 6.30 on ESPN. And the Sooners would go back-to-back if they win it tonight and win a national championship uh, in four of the last six years. What a game last night. Six home runs for Oklahoma. Women's College World Series record for a single game. Two apiece for Jocelyn Allo and Tiara Jennings. One for Taylor Snow. One for Janet Johns. 15 homers in five games for Oklahoma. Hope Troutwine pitched really well despite a rocky first inning. And you had uh, celebrities there, Brent Venables, Trey Young, uh, Michael Turk, and Dylan Gabriel. You probably saw their video. And uh, think about what the Oklahoma softball team has done, Parker Thune, checking in from Albuquerque. Since they were facing elimination when UCLA beat them in that uh, first game, the Sooners have outscored their opponents 30 to 1. They run ruled UCLA 15 to nothing. They just absolutely crushed Texas in every way possible 16 to 1 last night. No run rules in the championship series, or that would have been another run rule. But so the Sooners have outscored their two opponents. Uh, UCLA and Texas 30-1 to in their last two games uh, with their season on the line. So I would say that is coming through in a very big way. I would say so, Mike. And if you're Texas, how demoralized are you after enduring what you endured a night ago and then having to show up to the ballpark again tonight where Lord knows the exact same thing is going to happen? Texas had a glimmer of hope for all of about five minutes there in the first inning. They took the lead on the three straight walks that Hope Troutwine issued. But when Jada Coleman led off with the double, Mike, I was sitting there, and Travis Davidson and I had just stopped for dinner in or around Amarillo. And we were just sitting down with our burgers when the Sooners walked up to the plate uh, for their hacks in in their half of the first inning. Jada Coleman leads off with the double, and Travis and I are sitting there completely of the same mind, which is there's absolutely no way you pitch to Jocelyn Allo here with first base open, right? Well, Mike White decides, you know what, we're going to go ahead and roll the dice, and the dice did not come up in his favor. From there on, Mike, it was an onslaught. What, six home runs total for the Sooners yep. in this game? Women's College World Series record for a single game. I'm glad you brought that up, Parker, because we have a clip from Patty Gasso, and she talked about just that. Really, the key to last night was Oklahoma's – you're going to have to extend that out a little bit, Connor. It's going to stop. See the uh, zoom out at the bottom? Yeah. Got to, there you go. Now we're ready to go. All right. Uh, Patty Gasso said that OU's first inning response was a key last night. Luckily, we got out of it relatively unscathed. Um, But to be able to come back and answer with five the way we did just really was the way we wanted to start the game. Just, you know, they punch first, but we punch back and we punch harder. And then the goal became, and I'm looking down and seeing that pretty much did score in every inning and continue to score as many or as often as we can. So I felt the pressure from the, our offense constant. Unbelievable. And uh, this this is just a machine. 
I mean, you talk about Texas. This would be an all-time, like, 1980, the U.S. Olympic hockey team beating the Soviets if Texas can come back and win two games against Oklahoma. I think it's over tonight. I think that was such a crushing blow, uh, you know, that the Sooners put on Texas last night. I think they took their soul, Parker. Uh, Haley Dolcini was crying in the postgame. I feel bad for her, it was, but that kind of shows you, I think, where Texas is right now. When you've got the pitcher, one of the pitchers who actually beat Oklahoma this year, and she is uh, having problems composing herself in the postgame. I'm not dogging her for that at all, but that's the kind of beating that Oklahoma put on Texas last night. Well, it was it was our own Josh Helmer, I believe, that tweeted out a very astute observation. The real winner last night was Oklahoma State, which wisely avoided Texas's fate by dropping two games two days prior. And again, Mike, I don't know how you come back from this if you're Texas, because you are already the heavy, heavy underdogs in this series. Everybody was favoring Oklahoma. I think most everybody figured that Oklahoma was going to sweep this series. You come out in game one and get slaughtered like that, 16-1. to one. This series is over tonight, Mike. It's over. And I think when you start talking about the greatest Sooner teams of all time, the most dominant sporting teams that the Sooners have ever fielded across any of the sports that they sanction this softball team here in the year 2022 has to be in the conversation because what they did last night in a championship setting it's one thing to hang 16 runs on a team Mike in some relatively meaningless regular season game but to shut out UCLA 15 to 0 where in all technicality you were facing elimination I understand you know, if the Sooners had lost that game, they would have gone home. But really, who thought that after losing the first game 7-3, to the Sooners weren't going to show up and blow the doors off against the Bruins in that contest? After hanging 15 runs on UCLA in order to get to the championship series, to come out and throw 16 on the board with six home runs, two apiece from Jocelyn Allo and T.R.A. Jennings, that exemplifies what kind of team you're dealing with here in the Oklahoma Sooners, a team that just has an extra gear when it's time to go. And it was time to go Monday afternoon against UCLA. And after the after the Longhorns put that first run on the board in the first inning last night, it was go time as soon as the Sooners went up to the plate for the first time. Jada Coleman got it started with the double. Jocelyn Allo hit the home run. And as soon as that ball left the yard, you never had any doubt as to what was coming. Yeah, and uh, Jada Coleman's energy, I think, and Patty Gasso talked about it in the postgame last night, has been, uh, you know, an inspiration to the Sooners also. And I think uh, energizing that lineup, uh, she plays with such great energy. I mean, she is the energy coming off the bus. You see the videos, you know, and she's the giant boomer as soon as she gets off the bus. So she's been a big part of it as well. Let's hear from Mike White, the Texas coach, who uh, was a little bit subdued last night after the Sooners crushed uh, Texas's soul in game one. Here's what he said about what happened last night and trying to trying to stay positive for game two tonight. I mean, you can't give them second chances, and uh, you have to make every every play you can. Uh, and we had several of those opportunities throughout the game. So, you, you know, I'm, I'm extremely proud of this team and what we've accomplished and where we're at. But, um, you know, it's, it's tough right now. 
it's very tough for them. They, they, nobody wanted to go out and not get the job done. Um, you know, we talk about pressure in the first innings. There was a lot of pressure on them in the first innings, right? There was a load of bases that walked a run in. We get a big hit here or there. You know, things can change, but we didn't capitalize. Hopefully we learn from that, and that's what I kind of try to stress to the team was those that are coming back, what did you learn from the experience? Um, it's because it can't be for nothing. Yeah, we want to forget it and we, and we don't want to remember it, but you have to learn from it. You, you know, obviously OU's had the advantage of being out here multiple times. They're good, you know, and um, they're number re- there's a reason why they've been ranked number one from day one. All right, there you go. Sooners win handily 16-1 to in World Series, uh, Women's College World Series Game 1 of the finals last night. And again, Game 2 tonight, 6.30. It will be on ESPN 2 tonight. It'll be on ESPN 2 at 6.30. Oklahoma looking to go back-to-back. And again, this would be the uh, Sooners' fourth natty in six years if they get it done tonight. And I think just about everybody thinks they are going to get it done tonight. And uh, last chance to see, like, obviously, uh, arguably the greatest women's softball player of all time, Jocelyn Allo. Last chance to see Lindsey Elam, Hope Troutwine, Janet Johns, Taylor Snow, who had a big home run for OU last night, all playing in their last game, uh, possibly for the Sooners tonight. Most people think it will be wrapped up tonight. By the way, another great performer. Sooner Women's Softball is about as good as it gets. Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, they are big-time family-owned and operated. You remember Tim as a great, reliable Sooner. I mean, how many times do you curse kickers when you watch football? Tim Lasher was not that guy. He was always on the money in the big games, and his company will do a great job for you, and they won't charge you a ton of money for the work that they do. They're the best. Call them up at 405-579-3113. That is 405-579-3113. They will service your air conditioner as the summer uh, temperatures are going to be coming back again. We've already been up in the 90s. Today's not going to be bad, but you know it's right around the corner. So give Tim and his great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, a ring. 405-579-3113. Why don't we take an early timeout right here? We'll come back. We'll find out if Parker in Albuquerque did find Walter and uh, Skylar White's car wash, A1 car wash, and we'll talk a little sooner football recruiting as well. We're just getting warmed up here on a Thursday. Air Comfort Solutions tax line, always available, 405-651-3439. That is 405-651-3439. Coming right back here on The Ref. Okay, Mike Steely along with Parker Thune. I am in the Brown O'Haber Studios here on this Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune at noon. Parker is in Albuquerque. We've got Connor Pasby running the show for us in the studio today. Uh, so you're out there, and uh, for those who don't know, Parker, tell people uh, you're on your way to Vegas, right? What do you guys have going on? Yeah, so the Overtime 7v7 tournament, the inaugural Overtime 7v7 tournament, takes place on the latter half of this week. So Travis Davidson and I will be live from Las Vegas tomorrow. We'll be covering the event in Vegas Friday through Sunday. A ton of talent, especially from the 2024 class, some very high-end OU targets going to be in action. So we will have... Full coverage all weekend, but that is why we are in Albuquerque right now. If you look at a map, Mike, that's basically exactly the halfway point between Norman and Las Vegas is Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's very nicely broken up into quarters. The first quarter is Norman to Amarillo. The second quarter, you got Amarillo to Albuquerque. 
Albuquerque to Flagstaff, and then Flagstaff to Vegas. So the trips split up into nice little segments for Travis and I. We drove about eight hours yesterday. We'll drive about another seven or eight hours today and uh, roll into Sin City sometime tonight. Did you have any green chili on your food last night? Oh, Okay, so breakfast this morning, we went to a local spot called Tia B's La Waffleria. It's basically everything on the menu is some creative breakfast take on a waffle. Interesting. The dish of choice for me was their chicken and waffles with green chili sauce. So I'm a big chicken and waffles guy. Uh, For people that have never had chicken and waffles, I understand that it probably sounds a little bit intimidating. But, man, you get fried chicken on top of some waffles, drizzle some maple syrup on top of it. It's unexplainable how well it all meshes together. And then you throw some green chili sauce on it, like I did this morning. Phenomenal. So if I'm ever back in Albuquerque, I think me and Travis both came to the conclusion that Tia B's will get a return visit. Yeah, if you're in New Mexico, if you're in Albuquerque or Las Cruces or wherever, you've got to have something with green chili on it. That's just one of the rules. Uh, Green chili is huge there. Have you been to uh, Walter White's Car Wash? Uh, we have not been to Walter White's Car Wash, although Travis is already making plans for us to drop by Los Poyos Hermanos on our way uh, out. Yeah, yeah, you can do that too. Yeah, you can do that too. You guys got to send a pick out on that. Uh, how's Travis doing? How's he hanging? It's been a great addition to the station. You know, Travis also, he's got his own signature hat now. I feel like that's his signature hat, don't you? The Baker Mayfield for Senate hat? No, I think it's the one, you know, it's the one that he normally wears. It's kind uh, you're of talking a, about the bucket hat. Yeah, the bucket hat. It's and yeah, he's, bu- bucket, he's, he's been, it's, it's hard to pull off a bucket hat for a lot of people, but he pulls it off very well. He does pull it off well. It's, pro- it's probably the beard. The beard and the bucket hat complement yes, each other very well. But he's he's been rolling with the BMFS hat uh, the last couple days uh, since we've gotten on the road. Uh, he started driving yesterday afternoon and didn't want to stop. So he just ended up driving the entire way from OKC to Albuquerque. So I have not had to get behind the wheel yet. All right, uh, Parker with us in Albuquerque on his way to Vegas for the big 7-on-7 tournament out there. So let's turn our attention to Sooner Recruiting. Uh, Richard Young, you you have always said long shot for Oklahoma, but he has, you know, uh, had visits to Oklahoma and, you know, paid for those on his own dime where he's come to Oklahoma. Uh, you still think it would be a surprise if he ended up at OU, but it sounds like you think the uh, the Sooners have at least a, a realistic shot maybe. Yeah, they've got a puncher's chance, Mike, and I'll acknowledge that. But, again, my expectation is not that Richard Young is going to be a Sooner. To me, this one has always felt like he's going to end up at Alabama when it's all said and done. Now, that said, Alabama is currently trending right now for another top running back in the 2023 class and Cedric Baxter, also out of the state of Florida. Here's the thing. If Cedric Baxter ends up committing to Alabama, I don't think that necessarily takes Alabama out of the running for Richard Young, but it may make Richard Young a little bit less eager to go somewhere where he's not going to be the guy. Now, he's taking official visits to Notre Dame, to Georgia, to Oregon, and to Florida, I believe, is the other one. Uh, Ohio State in the mix as well. So OU is certainly a consideration, and they made some progress in this recruitment while Richard Young was on his official visit last weekend. That said, 
I am still very much tempering expectations because I still think this has to take a drastic turn if OU is ever going to be considered among the true lead contenders for Richard Young. Richard Young, the number one running back in the country out of the state of Florida, so at least the Sooners may have a uh, somewhat of a shot there, according to Parker. By the way, Burley Boomer says that you need to go by uh, Blake's Burger in Albuquerque, get green chili sauce on your burger. Oh, yeah, says Burley Boomer. It looks pretty tasty, actually. It looks pretty good. Maybe on your way out, but it sounds like you guys already had a pretty decent-sized breakfast. All right, Anthony Hill Jr. was the other five-star uh, to visit again, um, you know, during Champion Barbecue. Where, where would you put the Sooners in the mix for Anthony Hill Jr. right now? They're up there, Mike, and I still think the leader is Texas A&M. But I also would say at this point, OU is probably number two on the list for Anthony Hill. And that is obviously subject to change because one of the things we have to acknowledge is that when you as a program are a kid's first OV, that is as much of a curse as it is a blessing sometimes. Because yes, you get the opportunity to make a dynamic first impression. But he's going to take official visits after yours, as many as four. And his impressions of those campuses and those programs are going to be fresher. And so... I think Brent Venable's resume and what he has done with so many linebackers over the years, he's coached four Buckus Award winners, including our own Teddy Lehman, obviously. Uh, I think that is coming into play right now for Anthony Hill, and I think Anthony Hill understands that if he wants to be developed, there's really no better fit for him than the University of Oklahoma. But there is that pull to Texas A&M. And I'll tell you this much, Mike. Everybody, I understand the prevailing narrative is it's all about NIL. And I'm not saying that's not justifiable because to a certain extent it is. But I've talked to five-star players in the 2023 class. And one in particular told me that, hey, look, when you go to Texas A&M, it's not just about the money. Like when you, I, and he understands that when five-star talents show up for visits to Texas A&M, They understand that the perception is, well, they're there because they're trying to fish for an NIL deal. But he said, that campus is just a vibe. That football program is a vibe. And when you, as an elite football player, see other elite football players going to College Station, committing there, signing there, and becoming part of that program, it compels you to take a look yourself. So it's not all about the NIL at Texas A&M, and I don't want to insinuate that that's what it is for Anthony Hill, but I do think Texas A&M is going to be difficult to overcome. If there is a school that can do it, though, I would say Oklahoma has as good a shot as any. Anthony Hill, five-star linebacker out of Denton, Ryan, again, who visited uh, Oklahoma during Champion Barbecue Weekend. All right, uh, Keon Brown was the Sooners' latest commitment for 2023, bringing their commitment total to five in the 2023 class. And he basically got offered after coming to camp. And he's a four-star wideout from Tallahassee. But also, you think he could be very instrumental in bringing Makari Vickers to OU, the defensive back, teammates, Tell us about that situation and updates. Yeah so, yeah, so not teammates, but they are both from the Tallahassee area. There's a lot of familiarity there. And so getting the snap commitment from Keon Brown like the Sooners did immediately boosts their odds to bring in Makari Vickers eventually as well. And the Sooners already led for Makari Vickers. They extended their lead on the official visit when he was on campus this past weekend. 
that's what gave me the confidence to drop the crystal ball in favor of Oklahoma a couple days ago because I think the relationship with Keon Brown is going to be instrumental. And having talked to both Brown and Vickers in the aftermath of Brown's commitment, one thing that Brown told me he was going to make an immediate priority is getting Macari Vickers on board with him. And in talking to Vickers, he said, yeah, Keon's already been on me hard about jumping on the boat with him at Oklahoma. So it's far from a done deal. Macari Vickers is still going to take official visits to Michigan, to Alabama, and maybe to Texas before the end of the month. But OU does have the lead in that recruitment, and if they can maintain it, and if Keon Brown can serve as an effective peer recruiter for Vickers, I think the Sooners have a very, very strong chance to lock down a commitment from the four-star defensive back. All right, uh, Parker is out in Albuquerque and on his way to Vegas for the Big 7-on-7 event that he's going to be covering with uh, Travis Davidson for us here on The Ref. Good to have you with us on a Thursday. Thanks again to Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They're family-owned and operated. They've been servicing the Oklahoma City area for 15 years now. They are big time. You know that Tim was big time. You know his company's going to be big time. They'll do a great job for you. Give them a call at 405 405- Five seven nine thirty one thirteen. Any other uh, rumblings out there in the world of recruiting that Sooner fans need to know about? Give us a few tidbits. Well, in addition to the official visitors this weekend at Oklahoma, and there are six of them, including three-star athlete Cade McIntyre, who's actually on his official visit to Oklahoma right now, you've got a slew of 2024 prospects coming in for unofficial visits in addition to the camp circuit at Oklahoma. So it's a very, very busy week for the Oklahoma staff. When you're looking at the unofficial visitors and some of the big names that are going to be in town, 2024 four-stars Peyton Pierce, Jordan Johnson, Rubel, Nigel Smith, all defensive players. Pierce, a linebacker, Johnson Rubel, a defensive back, Nigel Smith, a defensive lineman. Uh, those are kind of the headliners. 2024 wide receiver Parker Livingstone out of Lovejoy High School, teammates with Peyton Pierce. That's another guy to watch because that is somebody uh, that I would put on early commit watch if he does pick up an offer from Oklahoma. Uh, how about this name? for you mike king joseph edwards out of the state of georgia doesn't he just sound you like a what? superstar football player I, I would say that's a great name but i've also you know general booty trumps every one of them so it's well, kind of like you know You're, i mean you think king joseph what what, what was the, the name again yeah king joseph edwards king four joseph star athlete edwards. out of the state of georgia it seems like he would be coming uh, as royalty or something is he's a four-star out of windsor castle right if they don't do a photo shoot with a crown and a scepter, I don't know what the OU Creative <laughs> yeah, Department absolutely, is Absolutely, no doubt. <laughs> All right, so that's what's going on uh, with Sooner football recruiting. We'll get back into that a little bit later on. Uh, we have Joe Bedner coming up. He's covering the Women's College World Series and the Sooners with a chance to win the Natty tonight. It, man, based on what happened last night, I would be shocked if Texas could bounce back. I think Texas would have to have a very explosive, you know, UCLA-like start uh, that happened over the weekend to have any chance in this game tonight. If the Sooners get out in front of Texas early, uh, you know, this could get ugly again tonight. And, again, no run rules in the uh, championship series, but uh, I would be shocked if Oklahoma uh, had to come back and play on Friday. Mike Steele along with Parker Thune. We've got Connor Pasby running the board for us. We've got you out there. You can hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. It is Thursday here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. We're coming right back. 
Okay, we're back. It is a Thursday edition of Steelman and Thune at noon here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Appreciate you joining us today. Thanks again to Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour here on the Ref. Let's bring in Mr. Joe Bedner, Eyes on Oklahoma Sooner Newsletters. Been doing a great job covering Sooner sports for a while and has been covering the Women's College World Series. And Joe, we were talking about this earlier. Since the Sooner season was on the brink, sounds like a John Feinstein book to me, but uh, after they lost to UCLA, they, they only run-ruled UCLA, beat them 15-zip, and then they took Texas's soul in game one last night, 16-1. to So I would say this, uh, this team for the ages has answered pretty impl- impressively since they lost to UCLA uh, a couple days ago. Yeah, it's been an incredible response, and that's kind of been the culture that Patty Gasso has implemented over the years. It's been a team that had a pretty gradual climb to the top, and then they finally get over the hump, obviously, in 2013, start winning some titles, get some experience, and Patty said it best uh, last night. Just you know, being on this stage, it's, it's incomparable. You, you really can't you know, go into this, and it's a, it's a hard thing for first-time teams to come into this event and you know, do what a team like Oklahoma can do, which is, you know, take, you know, take a loss like they did against UCLA and really respond, you know, 30 minutes later and put together a 15 to zero win. It's just, it's, it's remarkable. And, you know, it's what, what the best teams do, although I feel like that's maybe underselling a little bit what uh, Oklahoma softball is right now, because they are just on a completely different level than m- most national championship caliber teams are at this point in the season. Joe, let me ask you this. Jocelyn Allo commands the headlines, and deservedly so. But I feel as though her greatness has, whether deservedly or undeservedly, somewhat overshadowed the legend of T.R.A. Jennings and what appears to be a rising star, a quickly rising star in the world of collegiate softball. You look at her statistics over the first two years of her career, she's actually outpacing Jocelyn Allo. I want to ask you this. Do you think that when it's all said and done, T.R.A. Jennings could be looked back upon as a better softball player than Jocelyn Allo? I think when you think in terms of all-around player, and this is the obviously the trouble with comparing softball players, that positions are so different, it's kind of hard to compare hitter, great pitchers to great hitters. And the thing that T.R.A. Jennings has over Jocelyn Allo is the fact that she you know, is in that defensive starting lineup and you know, is really good in that infield, part of an infield that's the best in the country. I don't think I'm going out on too far of a limb saying that. But she could – I think she definitely can approach that level. I mean, Oklahoma has definitely had a lot of talent. And it, honestly, it's kind of re- reminiscent of when Lauren Chamberlain was a freshman and sophomore kind of in the sha- – you know, kind of living in the shadows of Kalani Ricketts. And then, you know, she got the last half of her career, you know, to be the star herself. But – I don't think it's out of the question that T.R.A. Jennings could definitely be that player, to be a more well-rounded, better player than Jocelyn Allo because Jocelyn Allo is, you know, the designated player, and she hits the ball better than any softball player ever has. But to add in that other element that T.R.A. Jennings, I mean, you saw the jump man catch last night. I mean, she was just phenomenal on both sides of it. And I think that probably if you kind of look at this year and kind of looking forward, I mean, that, that that's a national player of the year in the making. That's a that's an all-time great in the making. She's only a sophomore, has 58 career home runs. I think she's fifth all-time in program history, just 
it's remarkable what she's doing, and it's uh, it is overshadowed a little bit. But I mean, you could say that for a lot of uh, players on the OU softball team. Joe Bednar with us, eyes on Oklahoma Sooner newsletter. Uh, been covering the Women's College World Series, doing a great job. All right, uh, so what do the Sooners do in the circle for Game Two tonight? What do you uh, what do you think is going to happen, and what does Joe Bettner think should happen for OU in terms of who they pitch to start this game tonight? I mean, I really want to see Jordy Ball, and I think that probably the majority of people probably want to see Jordy Ball in this situation. I mean, she what for for what it Monday was when she came into the game for Nicole May and kind of kept Oklahoma competitive until the seventh inning where she gives up a home run. But I think that what we've seen over the last week is that Jordy Ball and this injury, it's it's not as bad, I guess, as I think we all assume. And I think Patty Gasso would say the same thing, but she, she didn't think that Jordy Ball would be available for the postseason. And she's come back. I think it would be a really cool moment for her to, you know, be on this stage. And obviously for a lot of Oklahoma fans, you know, want to see her get that win. Uh, but just for all of the kind of the adversity, I guess, Oklahoma's pitching staff has faced, which isn't a ton, but you know, you saw last, last night, Hope Trotwine, uh, you know, get into a bases loaded jam, gets out of it. And they've had a lot of those situations. They're just really, really good defensively. So I, w- I would love to see Jordy Ball go in there and uh, show, it just feels like a disservice to softball that she hasn't really been a part of the postseason because she's been one of the faces, even as a freshman, one of the faces of the sport this year. So for her to get that opportunity would be really cool on this stage, obviously, in Oklahoma City. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward, and I, I believe that Patty has put it out there that Jordy will be pitching, but uh, cannot confirm 100% on that. Now, Joe, as you look at what Jocelyn Allo has done over the last two games in particular, reach base in all nine plate appearances, four home runs, 10 RBIs, you can't throw a pitch past Jossie right now. Do you think, especially on the wings of the performance that she had in that victory over UCLA and what she did in that victory last night over Texas, you think she's locked up tournament MVP? Is there anybody else in contention at this point? I mean, when you're hitting you know, the ball the way she's hitting right now, which is, I mean, she's, she's doing things that even for Jocelyn Allo is impressive. I mean, the, the just, you know, back-to-back games with multiple home runs, she's on a completely different level. And even when she's not, you know, sending the ball over the fence, she's, you know, she's getting doubles, she's getting, you know, she's moving runners. Like, she's doing so many things well right now. And it's kind of an unprecedented thing. And I think part of it, obviously, is that, you know, she's, you know, been at this for five years and just is, you know, a, a, a bit of a cheat code for Oklahoma to have that in their lineup and they're, taking well advantage of it and it's uh it's been remarkable to watch just to kind of see how she approaches the plate how she approaches the game as a whole i mean talking to her she is as locked in as i've ever seen her she seems very focused on on the task at hand but also she will give off those shades of confidence that just kind of let you know she knows that she is the best player out there and i i I would uh, anticipate that this will, uh, if tonight is the last night that we see Joss Nalo in OU uniform, that she'll give a dazzling performance. Joe Bedner is with us. Uh, one more question, I'll let you go. But I, I want to shout out Kyle and Brokenbow because here's what he says about the pitching situation tonight. Kyle and Brokenbow on the Air Comfort Solutions text line says, I hope they go with ball, but they may not. 
Hey, I see you, Kyle. Uh, not too bad. Not too bad right there. All right, Joe, before we let you go, what do you think about Muleshoe basically telling Dennis Dodd that, you know what, I could only build the roster to a certain level at OU. I need to, you know, I just I had the third or fourth best roster in all these matchups. It wasn't my fault, basically, is kind of what, uh, what I read into those comments. What did you think of Lincoln Riley's latest uh, assessment of what happened at OU? I mean, I don't think it's anything new for Lincoln Riley to kind of take shots where he sees fit. I think that he, in those settings, has a lot of, uh, a lot of pride in himself, and probably uh, you could maybe use other words uh, than pride, but just that that comment that he made it, it it only fuels a narrative that you know Oklahoma was just head and shoulders below the competition i just don't think that's true i think that when you look at some of the teams that have come through like you're going to tell me that you know Oklahoma's rosters were that much worse than a Notre Dame or you know some of the years that Clemson got blown out or Ohio State got blown out in the playoff game you know there 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 is a lot of attention i think on the fact that Oklahoma is 0 4 in the playoffs and Rightfully so. They, they, they've had rosters that weren't able to compete with an Alabama or a Georgia, but, I mean, who can? And so it, what it kind of comes down to is just, you know, I, I think that when, when he makes comments like that, I, he's not doing himself any favors. It's a, it's a pretty bad look, but it's one of those things where new head coach, big TV market, there are going to be more stories like this. It's just better to kind of prepare yourself mentally for for more more and more reporters to go out to L.A. and you know get the big next feature on Lincoln Riley, and he's going to make more comments probably like that. I mean that's just kind of how he's always been, and I don't think that's I don't say that to begrudge him. I think when you know he was taking shots at the college football playoff or taking shots at you know some of the tampering going on recruiting, which that aged well, but you know this is nothing new, and uh, it just it's one of those things that we're kind of having to deal with, especially in the doldrums of June when the off season's just very slow right now, but didn't really think much of it. Just, uh, just kind of a disservice, I think, to aid the, the, the university. Just it's kind of strange to see a head coach kind of take a shot like that at his, at his previous employer, especially as one like Lincoln Riley, who seems to carry himself with, you know, or at least tries to present class, but uh, has not done a great job of, I think, conveying that over the last six months. I think the narcissist in Lincoln Riley can't let that stuff go. Uh, and it, it feels very Kevin Durantish, also like he just can't stop talking about it because people are dogging him. So he's got to get his side out and try and uh, rearrange uh, the narrative out there. And I, I don't think it's working for him. EyesOnOklahoma.com. That's EyesOnOklahoma.com. Go to the website, subscribe to uh, Joe's newsletter. He's got a cool layout. He's got a podcast as well. Always comes on with us, which we appreciate. Joe, thank you. Have fun at the game tonight. Appreciate you guys. Joe Badner joining us. We got Parker in Albuquerque. We're going to come back, talk some more Sooner football. Uh, Kenyon asking me also on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> we were just talking about it. Steelman, what did you think of Muleshoe's comments about the roster at OU? Uh, I think he's full of feces, Kenyon. That's what I think. All right, we're going to break right here, and uh, when we get back, we'll talk a little more Oklahoma football. The PGA Tour, Jay Monahan taking out the hammer against the LIB, the Live Golf Players. By the way, did anybody know that stands for 54, for 54 holes, Live Golf? But their broadcast today, I mean, it looks like something out of cable access. It's really bad. 
especially that scoreboard. You've got to be kidding me. All right, we got a lot more to talk about. We'll check in with Parker, talk more Sooner football when we get back here on The Ref. Ah, we're going to with some autograph from back in the 80s. little turn up the radio. Ah, there you go. There we go. All right, we are back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Connor Pasby on the board today. Good to have you with us. Thanks again to Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems, sponsoring our first hour, 405-579-3113. Beats and Bites 2022 is back at Riverwind Casino. And the next show up, three bands, one stage at Beats and Bites 2022. Everclear with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something. That'll be a week from this coming Saturday on June 18th. Shay and I, we went out uh, with Shay's brother and his wife and some friends. We had a great time uh, watching the Starship Night Ranger show. Bring your folding chair out there. All the best uh, retail vendors are out there. They've got great local food trucks. And the individual tickets are only 5 bucks a piece. It is a bargain. It's awesome. Everclear with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something on June 18th. And again, you can get your tickets at Riverwind.com. Five bucks for each individual ticket. And then we have two great shows in July. The Randy Rogers Band, July 9th. A fireworks show like none other in the area. We'll follow that show with the Randy Rogers Band. And then Scotty McCreary on July 30th. Going to be some really, really good stuff happening at Beats and Bites 2022. And again, you can get your individual tickets for all of these shows right now at Riverwind.com. That's Riverwind.com. Or if you're headed out to the casino, just drop by the box office right there by the Showplace Theater and get your tickets now. Okay, uh, Sooner Football Recruiting. Question for you, Parker Thune, since you, uh, you are the soothsayer here, you are the oracle, you know all. If there is going to be a potential surprise down the road for OU and recruiting with a certain player, um, who might that be that maybe people are kind of thinking about, all right, OU's kind of on the radar, doesn't even have to be a five-star, but somebody you think the Sooners might get that could surprise people? Yeah, it's an interesting question, Mike, and I think if you keep up to speed with our 24-7 sports director of recruiting, Steve Wiltfong, who is uh, one of the most authoritative sources in the industry on all things recruiting, uh, one of the things that he's expressed this week and I'll tell you, there's, I, there is some legitimate reason to believe this. OU might be in a sneaky good spot for four-star offensive lineman Jaden Chapman out of Harker Heights, Texas. Now, they hosted him on an official visit this past weekend alongside four other offensive linemen. And when you look at the progress they made in the recruitments of really every single one of those offensive linemen, Caden Green and Peyton Kirkland, uh, the Sooners are the clear leaders in those recruitments right now, although Kirkland, you do kind of worry about the official visits that he's going to be taking to Florida, to Miami, and to Michigan State. Uh, Wilkin Formby, high four-star kid out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. The Sooners are in a sneaky good spot there, and if they can continue to keep up the momentum, that's not out of the question either. Uh, but then they did make some pretty significant progress with both Jaden Chapman and Logan Howland. And so when you look at the board as a whole, and, and you can throw Bryson Sanders in that conversation as well, there are so many offensive linemen right now that Bill Biedenboe could realistically end up with. I think the cornerstones of your class are Josh Bates, your lone commit at this moment on the offensive line, and Caden Green, who, who will be announcing on July 8th, likely in favor of OU. But beyond that, you got to get at least two or three more. 
And Bill Biedenboe is going to get two or three more. It's just a question of who it's going to be. So I would watch the offensive line situation closely going forward. I still can't believe there's a kid uh, on the offensive line named Wilkin Formby from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Now, I could see like Freddie Joe Formby or something like that, but Wilkin Formby? That's uh, it. Doesn't sound very Tusca, you know, Alabama-ish to me. Sounds but, like something off, uh, like Downton Abbey or yeah, something. Yeah, it does absolutely. Wilton Holmes has arrived, sir. So anyway, all right. Uh, last night uh, we've got about two minutes left before we have to get to the top of the hour. But uh, how about Michael Turk and Dylan Gabriel out there? Michael Turk is uh, pretty entertaining on social media and YouTube and everything else, and. It seemed like Dylan Gabriel was having a good time out there also. Yeah, I mean, look, Dylan Gabriel, uh, given the bond that he has as a fellow Hawaiian with Jocelyn Allo, he's mm-hmm. been one of the more vocal supporters of OU softball since he got to campus. And then obviously, I don't know how well it's known, but Michael Turk is great, is dating Grace Lyons, right. the Sooner shortstop. So uh, that's why he's out there so frequently. But uh, that's one of the things you love to see, Steely, and that's what makes the athletic department at the University of Oklahoma so special is the support from other athletes across multiple sports, and that's especially evident right now with this softball team as they make the run in the Women's College World Series. Yeah, and you saw BV uh, there last night, was interviewed. I thought, you know, his normal passion and exuberance and excitement came through. I thought it was really good. Trey Young was out there. It was a cool night to see all those Sooner dignitaries out there as well. All right, thank you to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring our first hour here on Steelman at Thune at Noon. We're moving into the 1 o'clock hour. Got Connor Pasby on the board with us. And ladies and gentlemen, I feel like we're going to have a award-winning performance next hour, maybe. So keep it right here on the rep. Yes, sir. Welcome in on a Thursday. How is everybody? We are brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley on hour number two here on Steel Man and Thune. I'm in the Brown O'Haver Studios. Parker is out in Albuquerque on his way to Vegas. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. We appreciate it very much. We'll head back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line here in a minute. Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. You're looking for a great deal on a car, truck, or SUV? Exit 72. Write it down. That's the audible. Paul's Valley 72. Paul's Valley 72. That's the audible that you need for a great deal on a car, truck, or SUV. And then great service after the sale, including the guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel. At no, I said no, additional cost to you. That's a heck of a deal. Uh, what did last night Parker Thune cost the Longhorns? Their soul, their hearts, everything, their softball life. Was it completely extinguished last night? Did the Longhorns have any shot tonight? Well, Mike, we were talking yesterday about how they probably didn't have any shot in this series. And if there was a chance that Texas got the job done and managed to upset Oklahoma, they had to win game one, right? They had to get game one because you weren't going to beat this team and you aren't going to beat this team two games in a row. So if they'd won game one last night, if they'd continue to chip away at Hope Troutwine, find a way to get runners on base and bring runs in, if they'd worked around the Sooners' power hitters, pitched around Jocelyn Allo and T.R.A. Jennings, then maybe they come out on top last night and maybe they have a chance to prevail in this series. But as things stand, Mike, they've got to be so demoralized, not just losing yesterday, but losing in the fashion in which they did, where you're on such a high, 
after breaking through for a run in the top of the first, and then the momentum instantly disappears with two swings of the bat from Jada Coleman and Jocelyn Alu. Yeah, it was uh, it was phenomenal the way the Sooners answered last night, no doubt about it. So all of these uh, superlatives that are going up for uh, Oklahoma last night again, Women's College World Series record, six home runs for the Sooners, single-game record. Oklahoma's hit 15 home runs in five games, like I said, since they were on the brink of elimination. And I don't think hardly any of us out there thought, yeah, Oklahoma's in big trouble. We, we thought they would answer. But answering like they have, crushing UCLA, a program that's got a lot of history, that's won 12 national championships more than any other. And, uh, you know, the Sooners again came back. They answered. They run rule UCLA 15-zip. And then last night they just destroy the Longhorns, who've been red hot. Uh, 16-1 to was the final last night. So they outscored their opposition since being on the brink of elimination 30-1. to Now, has any of this surprised any of the OU players? Just, you know, how impressive these numbers are. Do they truly understand what they're doing? I think they do, but Talon Snow, T.R.A. Jennings, and Jossie all said last night, nah, not really surprised. Um, we come out every game just wanting to compete and do what we can on the field to get a win. So, I mean, I wouldn't say it surprises us because we come out ready to just compete. We're just so locked in within our preparation that each game, not like that we're expected to do it, but we know that we should be doing good things. We hold the expectations for ourselves. So I think every game we just keep that momentum and we keep that preparation and trust in our process and our plans that the good things will happen like that. I wouldn't really say it surprises us, but it's definitely cool to see what it is that we can do as the stakes get higher and as the stages get bigger. Um, and we just continue to keep our heads down and just do what we do. I don't think that's cockiness at all. I think that's confidence. There's a difference. And uh, I, I think that is kind of their expectation, that they're going to go out there and have a great game. And, uh, again, I think the uh, Sooners feel like, again, that that's, that's kind of the expe expectation. You may have to bring that one out a little bit too, Connor. Um, you know, for their team in every game. They expect to uh, go out and uh, dominate and uh, – you know, hit the ball well, play good defense, and have solid pitching. So Patty Gasso was asked the same question. Uh, does any of this uh, ever surprise you? I am not surprised. Um, I think they showed me last year how good they could be offensively, and I think having another year together showed they're not afraid of these settings. They really embrace – all of this excitement and the big stage. And I think they're at their best when the stage is, the, the lights are bright and the stage is big. There you go. Uh, I, you know, Oklahoma's been there, done that, Parker, what we've seen again since that loss to UCLA is an Oklahoma team that uh, was unfazed and even more focused. And that's what really championship teams do. And I think this, this team is going to win a championship. I think it's going to happen tonight and go down as one of the maybe the greatest women's college softball team of all time. They're certainly in that conversation. And arguably the most dominant OU team of all time. I mean, they're, they're in that yeah. conversation. Well, certainly, Mike. And you look at the record. I mean, I, I believe they were having a conversation on the ESPN broadcast last night about this team maybe being considered the most dominant softball team in history compared, comparing really only to that 
1992 UCLA team, I believe, which was ages ago when softball was not nearly as big of a sport as it is now. What they've been able to do in an era where there is more public interest in softball, there is more investment in softball, there is more parity and competition in softball than there ever has been before, for Oklahoma to be this dominant and to stand out like this from the rest of the country in terms of their ability to compete as a program, game in, game out, and win games with pitching, win games with offense, win games however they want to or however they need to against you. This has been a legendary run for OU softball, and I think the big question now, Mike, is because it's pretty evident that they're about to lock down the national championship. I don't think that's a question. If it doesn't happen tonight for whatever reason, it certainly happens tomorrow night. Now the question becomes... How good are they in the post-Jocelyn Allo era? Because you talked earlier about some of the players that they lose heading into next season, most notably Jocelyn Allo and Hope Troutwine. Now, there's never a question that Patty Gasso is going to be able to reload, but when you set the bar so high, how do you continue to match and or raise that bar when you lose players as talented as the likes of Jocelyn Allo and Hope Troutwine? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, no doubt, uh, because Jossie, you know, certainly if she's not the greatest women's uh, player of all time, I think offensively she is, uh, you know, and her impact has just been immeasurable. But And uh, Hope Troutwine, transferring in from North Texas, has had a great year, unbelievable year. And, uh, you know, I, I think she has been the, uh, the steady influence, particularly with Jordy Ball's, uh, you know, injury situation and, and Jordy again. Maybe going tonight, we think. Uh, but Troutwine's been just spectacular. And, you know, got out of the inning last night, settled down and pitched very well. But you have uh, – coming back, you'll have uh, – and Grace Lyons can be back because of a COVID year. Tiare Jennings, Jordy Ball, Nicole May, uh, Riley Boone, Kenzie Hansen, Jada Coleman, Elisa Brito will be back. They've got this Kirsten Hill, uh, you know, number one pitcher in the country coming in again. They're probably going to be lining up a couple big transfers. So I don't know if they'll be as good, uh, you know, as this team because this is one of the best teams we've ever seen. But guess who's going to be favored to win the national championship next year? Oklahoma. Well, no, it'll, right? it'll I mean, be Oklahoma yeah. and deservedly so because until somebody knocks them off the pedestal, you have to assume that they're going to reclaim the pedestal every year. We may be talking in the next couple of years, Mike, if we're not already having this conversation, we may be talking about – the greatest dynastic run in the history of the sport of softball, and it would rank alongside the Boston Celtics runs in the Bill Russell era. You're talking about Michael Jordan's Bulls. If you want to talk about baseball, the Yankees in the Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig era. In football, in the NFL, you haven't really seen a team have that much sustained success for so long, really the closest thing to it is the Belichick and Brady New England Patriots in the early 2000s when they won three out of four Super Bowls. In every sport, you have that one team that catches lightning in a bottle for a certain period of time and puts together what is widely regarded as the dynasty in the history of that sport. If we're not already there with the University of Oklahoma's softball program, I think we're going to be there within the next couple of years. 
Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt. She's Patty's got a great thing going. They're getting a new stadium. It's the cool place to play. And not only I, – I think the fact that Patty also – those girls have fun, and it's about more than softball. And Patty even said that in that uh, – cover story on ESPN the magazine that she had to you know kind of refocus and not think that every single thing was about softball so she's kind of in a different phase where yes softball is important they want to win a national championship be the best team they can be but she also wants to live a life she wants these young women to live a life and realize there's a lot to life outside of softball so I just really like um, what they're doing program wise Uh, again uh, that's it's it's more about winning the championships. Now, don't get me wrong; they want that. Every, that's the goal. That's where the standard is at OU. But it, it it's a fun program too. You see the energy and the joy they play with. You've got, you know, Jada Coleman jumping off the bus and going crazy all the time, and just the celebrations. And I know all the teams celebrated home plate, but Grace Lyons always seems to have a smile on her face after every single play. And a lot of that is when you're winning, it's very easy to do. But I, I think that certainly permeates the program that it's a fun uh, program where there's a lot expected but you can have a good time and uh, you know there, there seems to be a, a great chemistry there in the uh, in the dugout so things couldn't be going any better obviously for Oklahoma softball yeah somebody else made a good point don't forget that Jordy Ball is also an outstanding hitter as well and will do so next year Okay, on the cusp of the fifth title in nine years, you're already in dynasty mode. Yeah, no doubt, I think you are. And this would be four and six and back-to-back for Oklahoma. Big Bod Wolf says, this year's softball team is equal to the 2017 Warriors, a super team. Uh, He also said that Peyton Manning – did I miss seeing Peyton Manning last night? I don't remember. I, I, I take your word for it that Peyton Manning was at the softball game last night. I know Trey Young was there. Well, yeah, Dean Blevins tweeted a few days ago that Peyton Manning was in Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah, City, that's right. Posted yeah. a video of him playing golf. So it would make sense. Okay, I must see have golf missed that too, club. but it would make sense. Well, Peyton, if you're listening, it's good to have you in the Oklahoma City area. There you go. Okay, we're going to break right here. Coming up at uh, 135, Eric Bailey, Tulsa World uh, sports writer covering the Sooners. We'll have Eric on here in about 20 minutes when we get back. We'll talk a little more sooner football. Maybe hear Phil get grilled by the uh, European reporter on the LAV golf tour. Man, those there are no punches pulled there uh, in those press conferences. They, they came right. They were throwing at Phil's head if he would have been a hitter is what they were doing. All right. Stay with us. Be right back. All right. Welcome back. Good to have you with us. Thanks again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group and Paul's Valley. They will do a great job for you. First of all, they'll uh, have a great selection out there. Car, truck, SUV, whatever you're looking for. They'll help you find it. And great service after the sale. Oil changes, engines for life on new or used gas or diesel. That's what's happening at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. Okay, so I found the uh, Live Golf Tour. L-I-V, Roman numerals, and it, I actually like the sound of that. Lib Golf sounds pretty good. They, they've done a good job there. And that stands for also Roman numeral-wise 54 because, remember, these are 54-hole events. So marketing-wise, that's pretty darn good right there. But trying to find leaderboard updates, if you want to watch, it's got to be YouTube or Facebook. I'm not watching anything on Facebook, I can tell you that. But uh, Phil Mickelson – 
is currently in a tie for seventh at one under par. We, we talked about Phil again the other day with his new look. And, uh, by the way, on Live Golf Tour's website, they have player profiles. And you click on Phil Mickelson, it says 0.0 inches, 0.0 pounds. I don't think they've updated that. But it does have Phil with his Unabomber, you know, early Ted Kaczynski beard look there on the website. All right, I want to play this, and then we'll talk about it. Um, This is a press conference that is unlike – those you see on the PGA Tour. Now, you've heard some of the PGA Tour, you know, Bob Herrig or Michael Collins or, you know, anybody from the Golf Channel, Damon Hack, all the golf writers, um, Alan Shipnook also who did the uh, the book with Phil. They, they will ask, you know, it's normally the golf press conferences are pretty mundane. They're pretty milk toast. There have been some interesting exchanges with players, you know, talking about the Live Golf Tour and whether they were going to play and what they think. But... Nothing like this over in London where Sky News and the foreign press is coming right after Phil Mickelson. And we played one clip yesterday. These were a couple other questions directed at Phil yesterday, and then we'll respond. Isn't there a danger that you're also being seen as a tool of sports washing, an attempt to try and improve the image of a human rights abusing regime through sport, and that ultimately... You could be seen as a Saudi stooge, and, and that could tarnish your legacy. Is that, is that you comfortable with that? I, I said earlier, I, I don't condone human rights violations. I, I don't know how I can be any more clear. I understand your question, um, but again, I love this game of golf. I've seen the good that it's done, and I see the opportunity for Live Golf to do a lot of good for the game throughout the world, and I'm excited to be about a part of this opportunity. Phil, you, you also spoke about leverage. You used the word leverage. And here you are sitting representing the very people you were using to leverage. How do you explain that? I've really enjoyed my time on the PJ Tour. I've had some incredible experiences, some great memories. And I have a lot of strong opinions on things that should and could be a lot better. One of the mistakes I've made is, is um, voicing those publicly. So I will, I will really make an effort to keep those conversations behind closed doors uh, going forward. I think that's the way uh, to be the most uh, efficient and, and get the most out of it. There you go. Phil Mickelson at normal press conferences. We haven't seen Phil in a while. Obviously, he didn't play, even as the defending champion of the PGA Championship. He is going to play at uh, Brookline next week. Uh, why will I? I just don't like Facebook. Uh, John, appreciate the question, though. But normally Phil's pretty gregarious. He's got a smile on his face. He's kind of laid back. Phil likes the cameras, and this looks like he's being questioned by the FBI, like he's being interrogated. It's it's somewhat uncomfortable. What about a new nickname for him instead of Lefty Parker? How about uh, the Saudi Stooge, like that guy called him? I, I, I tell you what, that was pretty – spur of the moment uh, he had to have thought about that <laughs> yeah. ahead of time right he had to be like hmm the saudi stooge Phil, he had to have been crafting that one when he was preparing his question that sounds like a character in pro wrestling we used to have skandar akbar in the uh, back in the old days here in oklahoma city local wrestling and he was uh from the middle east and you know was uh, the enemy of the u.s and all of that and you know he was he was a heel back in the day but Phil could be the Saudi stooge. 
again, that's very interesting. Uh, the PGA Tour, though, suspending live golfers from all their events. So 17 members playing this week in London, they're all gone from the PGA Tour. That includes Phil, Dustin Johnson, Taylor Gooch, Sergio Garcia, Kevin Na, Martin Keimer, Graham McDowell, Charles Schwartzel, Louis Oosthuizen, Lee Westwood, Peter Uline from Oklahoma State, all gone. Now remember Na, Sergio, Keimer, Graham McDowell, Schwartzel, uh, Louis Oosthuizen, and Westwood all resigned from the PGA Tour to beat the PGA Tour uh, to the punch. But here's the deal. This isn't going away. In fact, we learned yesterday, of course, two of the biggest douchebags on tour, Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed, no surprise there, they're taking the money. Um, but And they're going to play in the next event, and we've got events coming in the States, Portland next. But the PGA Tour, if they think that, oh, the prestige and the history of the PGA Tour is just going to eventually carry the day, guess what? People like money, and they like guaranteed money. Like I said, that's why Taylor Gooch is over there. He's making reportedly between 18 to $30 million of guaranteed money. Not this. You have to make the cut. Not any of this. Uh, you know, you have to appear in, I guess, uh, so many events over there. But, I mean, that's hard money to turn down. So I think we're going to see a, a war waged here, as much as I don't like Greg Norman. But Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour Commissioner, hasn't handled this very well either. Um, I don't know, Parker, what do you see happening here? But it, it looks like this is going to be a battle uh, for the foreseeable future. And guess what? Money wins a lot. Money does win a lot. Look at A&M. Like, 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 well, <laughs> they haven't won yet, Mike. Let's pump the brakes there. But uh, the reality is we've talked about it all week. Mike, if you're in these players' situation and you have the chance to not only accumulate great wealth for yourself but set your family up for generations to come, I mean, that's how much money we're talking about here. So while you may not agree with it, you certainly have to understand it, especially for a guy like Taylor Gooch, who, you know, he's not at a point in his career like Phil Mickelson or Dustin Johnson is, right, where those guys are at the point where they've accumulated enough money, they don't have to care what people think of them anymore but for a guy like taylor gooch he's got the opportunity to make a large amount of guaranteed money as opposed to trying to find his way on the pga tour play himself to the top of the tour and put himself in position to make the kind of money over the span of years that he's going to make right off the bat immediately guaranteed on the live tour and so my biggest question going forward will be is it sustainable? Because generally, yeah. you know, the PGA Tour is the tour for the sport of golf, just as the NFL is the league for the sport of football and the MLB is the league for the sport of baseball and the NBA is the league for the sport of basketball, right? And so when you have one tour, one league that is the pinnacle in a given sport, it's oftentimes very difficult for any other league to rise up and present a legitimate challenge to it. That's why every single professional football league that has tried to challenge the NFL over the years has failed. It's because the NFL is a behemoth, and we're going to find out just how much of a behemoth the PGA Tour actually is because I think with how much money has been sunk into the Live Golf Tour, this has the opportunity, if executed properly, to give the PGA Tour 
an actual challenge in terms of its ability to poach talent and build something similar in terms of a pro- of a product. I do think that I this is going to be the biggest challenge of a traditional professional sports league or entity that we've ever seen. I think because the NFL, as you mentioned, hasn't had anyone. Look, the NFL's Godzilla. They trample. You know, any other competition is the city of Tokyo, and they just trample all over. Uh, you know, the the NBA. We had the ABA that became a merger. There's been no threat there. Uh, nothing to baseball. Uh, this is going to be the biggest challenge of a professional sports league, and I think that's because of the Saudi money. And that friendship fund, the I mean, that is like just a deep well of money that never ends. So they can throw so much money at these guys and can keep doing it for years and years and years. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Real quick, a couple questions off the air. Comfort Solutions text line. I hope the uh, Live Golf Tour burns into a dumpster fire, says Kendall. Steely, I asked this the other day, and I apologize if you answered it, and I missed it, but how do these players joining the L.A. Uh, Ryder Cup status uh, that is, they're not going to be on the Ryder Cup. Now, they can play in the major championships. Keep in mind, the majors, they're on the PGA Tour schedule, but they are not really PGA Tour events. The Masters is run by the Augusta National Golf Club. The U.S. Open is run by the United States Golf Association. The PGA Championship, run by the PGA of America. The Open Championship, run by the RNA over across the pond. So all these guys, uh, it's my understanding, again, Phil's playing in the U.S. Open next week. They can play in the major championships, and I don't think the PGA Tour can do anything. And if they try to, first of all, that would have to be in conjunction with these other associations I mentioned, and legally I think they'd be in some hot water over that. All right, we're going to break right here. Mike Steele along with Parker Thune here on the uh, Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. I'm in the Brown O'Haver Studios today. Parker is in Albuquerque on his way to Vegas with our man Travis Davidson covering recruiting for us, as he always does. And we're going to come back, talk a little Sooner women's softball with the great Eric Bailey from the Tulsa World next here on the Ref. All right, it is a great day to be with you on this Thursday, and it's always a good day to be with our friend Eric Bailey from the Tulsa World, uh, doing a great job covering uh, the Sooners and covering the uh, Women's College World Series. And, Eric, uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us on the Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line. We appreciate it. Uh, Does Texas have any hope at all tonight after the Sooners basically took their soul in the opening game of that series last night. <laughs> well, that was really 16-1 to 1 and, and uh, no run rule. I, I think we saw in the first inning that it was going to be a long night with the way everything was going, with Texas going through three pitchers and, and just the issues with trying to slow down this Oklahoma offense. It just wasn't going to happen last night. So it was a three-hour game last night. And if you're Texas, you sat through three hours of seeing just getting dominated. And the interesting thing was, you know, in the post-game press conference, when Texas came in following Oklahoma's press conference, man, the body language was just bad for Texas. I mean, Haley Dolcini, the starter yesterday, broke down uh, while talking about the game a little bit, and uh, another teammate had to answer the question for her. This, I think they were just overwhelmed yesterday, and you wonder how much, how do you recover from that? And just from the body language to the way the game went, I just don't know if they can tomorrow to tell you the, or tonight to tell you the truth. 
Eric, I think what's most impressive about this OU softball team is it's never the same player beating you. It's never one player beating you, right? You, even you take Jocelyn Allo and T.R.A. Jennings and their two home runs apiece out of that game yesterday. The Sooners still win by a run rule margin. So what does it say about Patty Gasso, her staff, and this OU softball program? What they've been able to build such a behemoth of a program, such a juggernaut that one through nine in this lineup and one through however many on this pitching staff, everybody is elite. Parker, he hit the, the nail on the head. I mean, one through nine, uh, that, that's what they're just ferocious. One through nine, and the you know Texas players said that they're you know there's no weakness in this lineup, and uh, you get someone like Taylor Snow that hits a huge home run, and how. How big is that for her in her final season at OU to hit one in the Women's College World Series? She hasn't had a home run for a couple months. And to, to go out in that and get the ball, Jocelyn Allo said that her greatest moment yesterday was watching Taylor's family receive the softball. That's something that's going to be cherished forever. And, and, and you're right, Janet Johns with the solo home run. And it, you go on and on. Anyone at any given time can really produce for this Oklahoma offense, and that's what you're seeing. Then you shift over to the pitching staff. And, uh, you know, Nicole May, uh, she struggled a little bit in the postseason, but she's still dominant enough to, to hold Texas scoreless for two innings in a championship series. And you haven't even seen Jordy Ball yet. So what Patty has built has been pretty amazing in terms of, you know, it's not only talent, they have to have chemistry. And when you have that many players trying to get on the field or get in the batting order, and you can't because there's people in front of you, uh, it's tough. It's hard. You know, Grace Green had a, an, a ground out, RBI, yeah, RBI ground out yesterday. Uh, here's a young lady. You thought her career was going to be promising, uh, but she's a designated player, and she is sitting behind Jocelyn Allo, and it's tough for her to get on the field. So there's a lot of talent on this team. You've got to give Patty credit for, A, putting this team together in terms of talent, and, and B, managing it, managing personalities. Eric Bailey, our guest from the Tulsa World, joining us on the uh, Riverwind uh, Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000. Okay, uh, Eric, you know, it's it's amazing you look at teams that go on these dynastic runs, and the Sooners, I, I think, again, you win tonight, that's four of six, that's two in a row, um, you know, six of nine, I believe it would be, and that's that qualifies. Patty said in the ESPN, the magazine story, that she backed off, you know, softball is, uh, you know, the most important thing and kind of, uh, you know, backed off that stance a little bit and said she's changed the way she approaches things. Talk about, you know, covering this team and just kind of what the, the dynamic is like. Because a lot of times when you see a dynasty, it's a hardcore coach and everybody is super locked in and focused. And maybe it, it's great and they have some fun, but this team seems to really get a lot of joy out of playing the game and hanging out together. And, and that seems I, – I don't know if that's rare, but it's certainly not the norm. You know, it's funny. When you go into a post-game press conference in Norman after a game at Marita Hines, uh, you go into a room, and one of the first people you see is Patty's husband. And every media member that sits down to interview the team, um, he gets them a drink. What do you want to drink? Water, pop, whatever you want. And he, he, he says, you know, you want to say, oh, just a water if you got one. And he goes, no, what do you want? I mean, that's her husband after, <laughs> after Patty coaches a game. And then in the background, you see uh, Patty's grandkids, and they'll, be, they'll sit through the press conference with their family and, uh, the grandkids so sweet. They're back there. They got their headphones on. Sometimes they're watching the phone with headphones on, but they're in the room too. 
Uh, and you're right, Patty has really embraced this family aspect. She understands softball isn't the most important thing, and it, it's good because you see that, and I think it's really helped the team even more. And you're right, this is a dynasty. They've won six of nine, or they're going to win, likely. I shouldn't say we still, they still have to win. It's likely they're going to win six of nine national championships. And now you've got to start thinking of all time all-time greats is this team the the best team in softball history and what what's going to happen next year so there's a lot of positives going forward for this program speaking of next year eric i want to look to the future a little bit here because i asked this question to joe bettner last hour i want to ask it to you here Uh, obviously jocelyn allo gets the majority of the headlines and deservedly so but when you look at what tra jennings has done over her first two years at oklahoma she's actually outpacing statistics wise what allo did over her first two years at oklahoma now two years ago we regarded Lauren Chamberlain as the greatest hitter in the history of collegiate softball. Today, there's little question that that honor belongs to Jocelyn Allo. But two years from now, might we regard T.R.A. Jennings as the greatest hitter in the history of softball? You're, 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 she's getting close, I, I tell you. It's really impressive with what T.R.A. has been able to do. And she's been under the radar because of Jocelyn. I don't think that's a that's a bad thing. I mean... When you think about Jocelyn, how many career home runs does Jocelyn have now? I think she has 122. And, and uh, Tiara, in her career in just two years, she's sitting at 56. So you, you're, you're right. You're on pace. And, and Tiara's played in less games. So I, I think that next year when we see Tiara Jennings, she's going to be the face of this program. I think, you know, Grace Lyons, I think she's coming back next year, and she's coming off a, a remarkable season. And everyone overlooks Jada Coleman. Jada Coleman is the spark plug of this team. She energizes this team. She led off yesterday with a double, followed by Allo's home run. There's so many. There's so much talent behind these super seniors that are leaving. I, I'm just kind of impressed with the direction that this program's going. And it, it just, once again, it talks about the job that Patty and her coaching staff has done. Eric, before we let you go, we got to ask you about football. The uh, the Lincoln Riley comments to Dennis Dodd in the story released the other day, where he basically said, "I the roster at Oklahoma, in those semifinal games, man, we may have had the third best one time, but usually we were the fourth best." It was almost like, "Hey, this wasn't my fault." You know, we lost in the semifinals. And then he made the comment that I, I I feel like we can build a a better roster out here. That obviously didn't sit well with Oklahoma fans. This this seems like again when Kevin Durant left the Thunder that Sooner fans are always ready to pick apart anything he says. But uh, you know a lot of what he says is very pick apartable, if you know what I mean. What do you think about the latest uh, exchange? You know it's funny whenever you think this divorce is finally going to go through and we're done with it, something pops up. And that's yep. what happened this yep. summer. And uh, it, it even gets louder because, you know, we're at a point of the year when there's not a lot of news surrounding football. So this is going to scream volumes to Oklahoma fans. And, you know, it, it was interesting that he said that. You know, I just go back to that 2017 team. Man, that was a, that Rose Bowl team was remarkable. You look at 10 of the 11 players on offense in the NFL. I mean, that offensive line was stout. I mean, you can't tell me there wasn't a lot of talent on that team. And that was probably the best chance Oklahoma had to win a national championship. It went downhill from that point. They never reached that – they never seemingly reached that high plateau 
Uh, you know, Kyler Murray had a great year too, though. You can't take away from that that year. But the defense wasn't there. And, you know, who was coached during those recruiting classes? I mean, that's the thing. Um, so it's interesting. I think Oklahoma fans during the fall will really keep a, a sharp eye not only on Norman, Oklahoma, but Los Angeles. And, you know, every time USC plays and, if you know, when the offense isn't working out there, when Caleb Williams struggles, I think OU fans are going to revel in it. But I do think that there, there needs to come a time when you just move on. I mean, you got to focus on what's ahead of you and, and, and uh, look what's going on in Norman. But when things like what Lincoln said come up, it, it, it's not going to happen anytime soon. I'm with you. Eric, as always, great stuff. We appreciate your time. We will talk down the road. Enjoy the game tonight. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. You guys have a good weekend, okay? Thanks, Eric. Appreciate you. See, Eric's very nice. Every every time he gets off the phone, he wishes you either a good day or a good night or have a great weekend. I mean, that's that's what the good ones do. That's why I have labeled Eric the nicest guy in the Oklahoma media. And I, th- I think he's still atop that, uh, that latest ranking, the – the uh, Oklahoma media good guy rankings, Eric Bailey's on top. All right, Parker's out in Albuquerque. We have one more segment to go. Mike Steely here in the Brown O'Haver Studios along with my man, uh, Connor Pasby, doing a great job for us. Let's take a timeout right here, come back with some final sports notes. The Sooner women on the verge of another national championship tonight, 6.30. Don't forget tonight's ESPN2 for Oklahoma and Texas. We're coming right back here on The Ref. All right, we're back, and we have one more segment. want to tell you about my friends over at Riverwind and what's going on. Summer Concert Series Beats and Bites is back for another season. We already started with a great show uh, to kick off the event, and that was Starship with Night Ranger, nearly 10,000. Night Ranger on their official uh, Twitter account said there were 10,000. They were very happy, very impressed, and they loved their time out there on the Beats and Bites stage at Riverwind Casino. Great craft beer from Coop Ale Works, also sponsoring this event. Live music, great food trucks, retail vendors. Bring your folding chairs. You're going to have a great time. And the individual tickets are only 5 bucks a piece for all these shows, including three bands on stage at the next event on June 18th, Everclear. Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something. And then we're looking at the Randy Rogers Band on July 9th, followed by a great, tremendous fireworks show. Riverwind does that right. That'll be right after the Randy Rogers Band show on July 9th and Scotty McCreary on July 30th. So three shows remain and tickets are out there for you. Out there in the Internet sphere at Riverwind.com. Get your tickets. They're only 5 bucks a piece for each individual ticket. That is a real bargain right there. You'll have a great time at Beats and Bites 2022 at Riverwind Casino. We want to thank uh, Justin, all the good people over there at Riverwind, for also now sponsoring our uh, call-in line. It's now the Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line, 405-329-9000. Parker, you were telling me... And I hope I, I hope I'm not giving away too much here, but because uh, people are going to be following USC for a while, and hoping for the uh, as Megadeth sang about a symphony of destruction out there to USC's football season, but uh, they're going to win some games, particularly in that conference, and, and be a factor. But you were telling me that you're hearing some rumblings that things aren't super organized out there right now. Is that correct? Well, first off, Mike, props to you for whipping out an 80s thrash metal Thank reference. You. Thank you That's, very much. <laughs> point me in the direction of Albuquerque yesterday and mm-hmm. Symphony of Destruction today. You're you're all over the map, a man of taste. 
Um, but as far as USC is concerned, yeah, look, I, you have no idea what you're going to get with this team in 2022 because they could win 10 or 11 games. That is certainly within the realm of possibility because the Pac-12 is a weak conference, and say what you will about USC and that coaching staff, in terms of the talent that they have, there's a lot of it on both sides of the ball, particularly on offense right now. That is not my expectation, and I don't want to make it sound like it is. I think USC is a 7-8, maybe a 9-win team in 2022. But there's also a chance, I know we've talked about this before, Mike, there's also a chance things just crash and burn. Please do. Oh, I would man. Love like it. They're, I would they're, celebrate cause, so bad. Because think about it, Mike. This is essentially the same conversation that a lot of folks nationally were having about Texas last year, isn't it? A lot of talent, exciting, young, new coach, revamped staff. They're going to contend for a conference title, right? Well, what happened? Because there was no culture established at Texas, and believe me, there is no culture established at USC right now, that team fell flat on its face after a hot start. There's a chance that happens with USC. And, Mike, one more thing I want to throw at you before we get out of here as we're winding down to the top of the hour. Oklahoma has plus 3,500 odds to win the College World Series. Obviously, the Sooners face off with Virginia Tech in the first game of the Blacksburg Super Regional tomorrow afternoon. But third lowest among the teams competing in Super Regionals, the Sooners odds plus 3,500 that's an intriguing line because this team is really, really hot right now. Yeah, the Sooners, again, I, I just I, I don't think that uh, Texas is going to be able to get, uh, you know, and, unless something really good happens for Texas early in the game, like a 4 nothing lead or something, um, I, I just don't think Texas is going to be able to hang with Oklahoma again tonight. I, I think, again, that was such a soul-crushing defeat. Um, uh, Haley Dolcini is a good pitcher. And beat Oklahoma once this year. And she was, you know, I'm not dogging her for this, but she was breaking up in the press conference last night. That's how crushing it was where they had to have a teammate answer the question. So, again, I see the Sooners getting this done tonight. Uh, Another natty for Patty. And, um, you know, for the foreseeable future, Oklahoma is going to be the team to beat year after year after year, um, you know, in college softball. There is no doubt about it. Parker, I hope you guys have a safe trip to uh, Vegas. Tell Travis I said hello. Good stuff today from Albuquerque. If you can, stop by uh, Los Pollos Hermanos or A1 Car Wash. Or maybe go throw a pizza on top of Walter White's house like he did one of the seasons. It's got to be a really We will do one, if not all three. Sounds good. Appreciate you, my friend. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Parker Thune joining us. Uh, Parker does a great job, well, with everything, but uh, staying on top of recruiting as he does too, and he's going to be going out to that seven and seven on seven event in Vegas. Connor Pasby, you were the man. You got this, man. This is cake for you now. Total. I mean, it's way easy. This is like a two-inch putt with no break for you every day. Got, got everything. That, got everything down now. Yep. Locked in is coming up next. We'll see you guys and gals. Bye.